0: Hallelujah. Come on, we can do better than that. Yeah. Hallelujah. This is my story. Is that your story? Huh? This is my story. This is my song. I like to probably say, lost in his goodness. Huh? Huh? No, he said, filled with his goodness. Filled with his goodness. And what? Lost in his love. Hallelujah. Don't you want to be filled with His goodness? Don't you want to be lost in His love? That's a good place to be. Inside and out. All about Him. Hallelujah. We thank God for for real. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we give you honor. We give you praise, Lord. We thank you right now for what you've already done in this place on this morning. Lord, we just magnify your name. And we just say, have your way, hallelujah, howsoever you desire to move, Lord. I pray over every heart, every mind, Lord, every circumstance and situation, God. You know what we have need of even before it befalls us, Lord. But we yet coming, Lord, seeking your face, seeking your hand in our lives, God, that you would lead, guide, and direct us right into where you want us to be. Lord, we take authority over everything that's not like you. In our lives, and our circumstances, God, we take authority right now because we are children of the King. Called after your name, hallelujah, ordained to do great things for you in the earth. So we thank you and we praise you right now. Bless your word, God, as it speaks to our hearts this morning. Let it penetrate, let it set free Let it break strongholds in paradise Let it set captives free In the name of Jesus Lord, reordering our thoughts, Lord That we might know who we are fully and completely In you In the name of Jesus, we come before you right now That matchless name We pray Amen Hallelujah Hallelujah Thank you, Lord You can be seated We'll go ahead and release our children to their classes. Thank you, Lord. Get me to get some more monitor. Turn the monitors up a little. Bit. Hallelujah. Yeah, more monitor. received see, amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all welcome to move on up, get a little closer. If you desire, as the children are leaving out and their instructors, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Serve a mighty good God. And He's doing great things in the earth. Thank you, ah.
1: hmm.
0: <laughs> One day, break out one of the one of more 100s in this thing. Go on and start singing. But that's not my calling. Yes, that, that, that would take just the falling of the anointing for
1: real.
0: I done sang a few times in my day, but not today. <laughs> amen. But we thank God for, amen, just his goodness, amen. This has been an eventful week, amen. You know, a lot of things going on, and we were drawn away to be my mom and dad's side, and it this crying week, you know, and, and I thank God that we had the ability to do that. It enables us as God to raise great people, amen, that just continue to keep things moving in our absence. And we thank God for that. We do not take it for granted, amen, but we thank God for that ability. The prayers of the saints, we thank God for all the prayers, you know, just those that just support it and stand by it truly. It makes a difference, amen. You know, it's something, nothing something about being a part of the family of God. Hallelujah, that's liberating and helps us to overcome and deal with, it deals with the things that, you know, come against us sometimes, knowing that you're not facing it by yourself, you're not alone, amen, but you have a body that's standing with you, Hallelujah. we thank God for that. So well, this morning, amen, I'm going to kind of pick up where I left off uh, last week or the week before, because this thing called grace is, is, is amazing. Hallelujah! So much so that it's still one of those things that I, I really don't think that, you know, we have really grasped fully and completely. Amen? It's, 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 it's so amazing. It's hard for many in the body of Christ to fully understand it, to receive it, or even to walk in it. You know, because we, we've we been so badgered over the years, amen, with do's and don'ts, and, you know, and... Fear and control and all these things, amen. And, and see, so, when you really start talking about grace, you know, it's like, uh, can I trust? You. Is that real? Um, or else we seem to the, the lose the balance. Like as I was saying on last week, you can't balance grace with law. The two just don't work together. But the scripture tells us that Jesus Christ, if the law came by Moses, or what? You see, you see and we're going to look at that past because it tells us that, that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. See, so you have to balance grace and truth, but not grace and law. Amen? And that, that's the thing that we really got to wrap our minds around. So we, we, you know, we're going to do some working for a bit. Amen? Just to try to get more understanding. And you know, I know as I spoke on it before, amen, I kind of rushed through a lot of it trying to get it to you. but So just one, I'm just going to try to take the time. Amen. And help us to really grasp a little bit more and deeper understanding of this thing called grace. Amen. See, they tell somebody to thank God for of grace. You know, grace is one of those things that that all of us like to, to receive. Isn't that right? You know, but before I, you know, do we really, just ask yourself, don't ask your neighbor, just ask yourself, how well do I understand the grace of God? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm one of the people that didn't really understand it. Well, until I began to dig into it, you know, and begin to do some more reading, and, you know, just opening my mind and my heart, and I thank God for, you know, God is a God of revelation, a God of truth, amen. And he has a time, amen, when we begin to go through this whole culture of honor, Amen. You can't walk in and really grasp the culture of honor, and, and if if you don't understand the fullness of God's grace. Amen. You know, so so as these things they're just kind of dovetailing on one another, and I thank God because I, I I remember well, almost a year ago I still got his book brother you know Watt back there. Amen. He gave me one of his books on grace by by Joseph Prince. Amen. He's a man who's been preaching on grace for a while now. And I thank God because that's one of those other passages or other resources I received. Amen. But, you know, that's another one of those resources that helps to expand your horizon, you know, to to really understand the vastness of the grace of God. How many of us can think of times in our lives we could have used more grace? Amen. Amen. (laughs) You know, and and there's times coming that we're going to need. More grace. There's things that we're dealing with and going through that we need God's grace to to be able to handle. Amen. There's arenas even in business that God wants to give us the grace to to be able to go into those places and do phenomenal things. Amen. Because grace is not just something that rescues you; grace is something that empowers you. Amen. But see, If we just see it in one way, we'll never receive the other part of grace. Hey amen. Don't, don't you know that the Scripture tells us... Uh, I know I'm just so full of, you know, thoughts right now. But the Scripture tells us that, you know, Jesus operated in the grace. Huh? So if Jesus, I mean, if grace was something that we needed just to be rescued, why would Jesus need grace? Hello. So, so we're we going to do a little bit digging, okay? Try, try and get somewhere, amen, to understand. You know, because like I said, most of us, amen, we... We want grace. Everybody likes to receive grace. But on the other hand, we often, you know, it's hard to extend grace to others. Oh, you about to say man! You might tell them yourself. Uh You know, we, we like, we need grace. But when it's time for us to show grace, hello. I ain't looking at nobody. But I know we in the house. Amen? You know, we, we already know that we can't earn it, but somehow we feel like we deserve it. Huh? You know, you, you you already know, amen, that I can't but I deserve it because look at me. I'm good I'm a good person. So I deserve the grace, you know. But at the same time, we have a hard time. Amen. And we expect others, amen, to earn it from us. Oh see. see. why why do you think sometimes we have a hard time forgiving people? Because they haven't earned it. So we're not gonna give them grace and just let them off. They need to pay. And if they if they show a little remorse, we might give them a little grace. If they act like they understand how I feel because of what they did, I might show them a little grace. See, so if they can merit enough, I'll give them a little. They talk, man, hey God don't operate like that. Huh? I mean, but, but see, that's, that, that in itself is the telltale sign that we really don't understand God's grace. Because if we handle grace like that, we don't really understand what the true grace that we're talking about. Well, I'm not talking about a grace period on your bill. You know, on your house note or, you know, your grace period on your credit card or, you know, or when it's time for your rent, they give you actually 10 days, you know, you have a little grace period that won't charge you no interest. But if you go beyond that period, they won't jack you up. Ain't you glad God don't have no grace period? Well, amen. So we, we got to get past that, amen. Grace is, not, not true grace Is something that must be given at the complete cost of the giver. You might want to write that down. Say grace is something that must be given at the complete cost of the giver. Hello. While realizing that the receiver has absolutely no capacity to earn it or deserve it. As I was studying and going over this last night, I was thinking about grace and the Lord dropped that that definition of true grace in my spirit. But he said, you know, that it's at the complete cost of the gift. Realizing that the receiver has absolutely no capacity to earn it or deserve it. That's true grace. When they don't even know they need it, we give it. Because when we didn't know we needed grace, God drew us unto himself by grace. huh? So, so this cost that we pay, the cost that the giver has to give, hey amen, what, what is the cost of grace? This kind of grace that we're talking about, what is that cost? You know what the cost of grace is? True grace and I'm going to say this because when we think about God, we'll see it, but we need to look in the mirror and be able to see it too. See, because the real cost, now it's, it's deep, it's heavy. The real cost of grace, true grace, is love. Grace is going to cost you some love. Think about that. When the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. So when we begin to understand the depth of his love that drove him to give grace to sinners like you and me. To bring us out of sin and, and places in a place of his righteousness. All that cost him was his love. Love caused him to come down from glory and put on a body of flesh. Love caused him to walk amongst us and feel the pain and the suffering and all the things that, that we go through in a body of flesh. That was love. Love drove him to the cross to be crucified for you. And I. love did that. Amen. So I'm, I'm trying to help to see what love looks like. Amen. And, and it was love that nailed him there. He said, you know, and, and even love took him off the cross. Oh, he didn't stay there, but love took him off the cross. Amen. And the scripture tells us he went to the grave and preached to the souls that went in captivity. Amen. That's a whole lot of grace. But I mean, he, he went down, then he came back, amen, and, and he came to to restore us love, made the Holy Spirit available to you and I. Because we couldn't earn it. We couldn't deserve it. You know, I heard it put like this. Imagine if, you know, on your job you work 40-hour a week, and it's your effort to earn a paycheck. Right? You know, you work a full 40-hour a week. But your boss comes in and and he decides, because he's a loving boss, he's going to pay you not for 40 hours, but he's going to pay you for 1,000 hours. Anybody got a problem with that? Now think about that. There's only 168 hours in a week. Even if you work 24 hours a day, for the seven days, not just five, but for the full seven days, you still couldn't earn a thousand hours worth of pay. No way. Physically, you couldn't do it. Not enough time in a week to do it. But because your boss loves you so much, he paid you you know, what, a thousand hours, that, that equals 25, 40 hour work weeks. Roughly six months worth of salary. Now, I, 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 as you're thinking about that, you know, you can depend on how many how much you're paid in an hour, add all that up and cross, you know, and figure it out and say, wow, that's a whole lot of love. That's a whole lot of great stuff. I want you to think about this though. How many of us? If we experience something like that, we'd want to do anything to mess up that gig. Which one of us would, would do something to, you know, upset that box? Because you never know when he might choose another week to show you some grace. You never know when he might feel like maybe I'd give him a month's pay, you know. This time, or you know, you, you never, you never know when he might feel like throwing another thousand hours at you for only forty, because on, on. your know, efforts can't earn the thousand. Can we can we begin to wrap, wrap our minds up? So, who in their right mind would go against any company policy? Who in their right mind would show up late for work? Or complain if they had to work over an hour or two. I'm just being practical with you. Who in their right mind would try to steal some paper from the job? If you had a boss like that. Go against any of his, his rules or... You know, go against anything that he requested of you. Who in their right mind would jeopardize a relationship that's so loving and graceful, knowing that you couldn't earn what he's willing to give you? See, we can understand that in the natural. But come on, y'all. I want y'all to understand that God exceeds that by Billions of hours when it comes to his grace compared to what our little effort can do to be able to earn it or receive it. We can't even begin to come close to what he's made available to you and I. I'm talking about, you know, I got to get back to my notes here. I'm talking about not just in this life. Sometimes we limit him, amen, to just this life. You know, 70, 80, 90, 112, 120. We, we limit him, amen, to, but but see, the grace that he's offering us, the benefit that he's offering us, it goes into eternity. Now, can we imagine? What can you or I ever, 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 ever. And one more ever. Do. To earn what he's making the baby. So we need to recognize that it's not our goodness. It's not because we were born in the right family. It's not because we have indeed... Significant intellect. Come on, y'all. I mean, think about this. We bring absolutely nothing to the table. But we earn, we're not. Whoops. Hold it. Thank you. I had to catch myself. But we receive everything that he has for us. It's just that simple. Now, the choices are, we can go along with his program and receive all that he has for us. Or we can try to go along with our program and try to manipulate him tell you, It ain't going to. So it's best to go along with his work and do it the way he has designed for us. Amen. He's made it all available to us and it's because of his love. Everything that the Lord has done and is doing for us even to now and beyond is all motivated by his love for us. That's amazing. That even while we were still jacked up, It was his love that reached in and brought us out. Even after we came to him, amen, and and maybe maybe I'm the only one, you know, came to him and still had some issues. I know I'm not the only one, but you know, I'm I'm letting y'all off easy. You know, but we came to him and we still had some issues. We still, you know, messed up here and there. He never, ever beat us up. Hello. I said, he Never, ever beat us up. Other Christians beat us up. We beat ourselves up. But he was constantly saying, come into me. He's constantly lifting us up and drawing us out. You see? That's the God that we serve. That's how he sees us. Amen. And he's wanting to draw us in unto Remember, God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. Let's look at a couple of quick examples, amen, of how Jesus operated in his grace. Amen. First of all, we're going to take a look at the, the impotent man who laid by the pool for 38 years. You know, and when Jesus came to him and began to question him as to whether he would be made whole, turn over to John, the fifth chapter. with You, you know, as Jesus, I don't want to read the whole thing, but I just want to hear a few verses but as as he came to him, he began to question him, will thou be made whole? And the man began to give him every reason why he couldn't. He didn't ask him, why can't you be made whole? He asked him, would you be made whole? In other words, do you desire to be made whole? Amen. You know, but Jesus didn't let all his excuses and reasons, I have no man, Why he's putting his confidence in man. You know, but he said, I have no man. And when, when when the water is troubled, somebody else gets in before me. You know, he had all these reasons after 38 years, but yet he was still there. Got to give him credit. He didn't give up. He continued to, to believe for his healing. He continued to see. But in the 8th verse of that 5th chapter of John, it says this, And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. When Immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. On the same day was the Sabbath. The man, thank God. He, said he didn't take no time. When God said, rise, he rose. Hallelujah. The Jews, look at verse number 10. though. Says, the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured. Notice, cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Did they come with the law? He just received grace. I said he just received grace. He's healed by God's grace, but here come the law. Trying to stop. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto you, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed was not who it was. For Jesus conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. He just kind of eased off into the crowd. If I can say it like that. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and saith to him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Wow. Well, we're going to touch on some of these points, but I want us to get this, Okay. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Now see, a few things we see in this this story. Like I said, immediately he was healed. Grace can bring you out of your situation right now. Immediately. His love can change things instantly. Amen. It don't have to take no long time. If we just grab hold of what it is that He's telling us to do, Amen. It don't take no long time, Amen, to get on up, Amen, and get out of that thing, Amen. Through God's grace, we can be healed, we can be set free, we can be delivered. Our mindsets can be changed right now. See, right now, Probably it's a decision, honey. Only if you, only you believe. Secondly, Amen. When He said, "Rise up and walk," here come, you know, here come the law. And we've been experienced. We've experienced the law. When the Lord gives us, sets us free. Man, the law wants to keep us, keep us bound. The law wants to stop us from moving forward. The law wants to keep us in our condition. When grace is saying, rise up and walk. Grace is saying, be delivered, be healed, and set free. But the law said you can't do that. Not on this day. Not today. You can't. You can't do that. This is the Sabbath to let me know that, you know, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for for man. Amen? We're not bound by the law, amen? We're no longer under that law, you know? That's one of the other things I'm going to be doing here soon, dealing with the comparison between the law and the commandments. There's a big difference. No, but so we got to get to a place to understand that he was set free. So we can't allow ourselves, amen, to try to to, to keep the law while living in grace. See, that was the problem, and that's still the problem, as I mentioned before, amen, with with the Jewish nation as a whole. In general, they're still trying to keep the law, amen, so therefore we can walk in the grace of God. Still trying to manage the law, and the law says do this, and the law says do that, and the law says, you know, pray here, and the law says, you know, and, and there's so many laws, 613 laws that they have added. You can't do that. A child is trying to remember that many laws, let alone trying to keep Huh? And then we find, amen, that grace will find you. See, that man was sitting by the booth. minding his own business. Waiting for the angel to come down. Notice he didn't even know who Jesus was. And I took note of that. Amen. How many times has God moved in our life, His grace moved, amen, to bring us to here or to put us there or to watch over us when we didn't even know who He was? See, when I look back over my life, I don't know about you, but when I look back over my life, before I found out who Jesus was, I can see places in my life that it was the grace of God that kept me. It was the grace of God that didn't let me die when I was acting a fool. It was the grace of God when I'm riding on a car high out of my mind on the hood of a car that's going down the road. Oh, that was me. Okay, but it's the grace of God didn't let me slide off. In. It's the grace of God that allowed me to turn a corner that was supposed to be 25 miles an hour coming off a freeway at 70 miles an hour. And I didn't flip the car. I don't, still don't understand how I made that one. It was God's grace. He said, I got something for this knucklehead to do. I got to keep my hand on it. You know, but see, when, when you begin to understand it, it, wasn't your goodness. It wasn't my skill of driving. It wasn't my ability to do anything, but it was the grace of God. And now, why? Because he has a plan for your life. Uh-huh. So he said, I'm going to keep him. I'm going to let my grace keep him. Till he gets. See, this man, he, when they asked him, who healed you? I don't know who he was, but whoever he, told me, whoever he was told me to take my bed and walk. Talk to him, huh? Talk to him. He's the one that told me, and I'm him. You know, and, and, and see, so we got to get to a place to understand that God's grace is operating even now, even when you, when you, and I choose to act crazy. His grace is still there. Ain't that good? Ain't that good to know that God ain't throwing me away because I'm trying to throw myself away, huh? He ain't ruling me out because I'm trying to rule myself out. Uh, his, his grace is right there, still trying to lift me up and, and bring me to a place that I can acknowledge Him for who He is. All leave, while everybody else might be beating you up, He's trying to lift you up. My goodness! And then there's the woman with the issue of blood. You know, and this is another one I could spend a whole lot of time on, but I don't. I don't want to spend too much time here either. But in John, the 8th chapter, many of us know the story. They caught her in the very act. And he brought her before Jesus. You know, and, and the, the strange thing we always notice is that they didn't bring the man. And because they, they weren't concerned about the man. And actually, they weren't concerned about the woman. It was just the, the trap trying to trying to trick Jesus so they could accuse him. So, so the Pharisees, a man had a plan, you know. But look, look at the the eighth chapter and verse number five. It said, "Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. They hung up on the law. How many people are still hung up on the law? Huh? Eating the law, trying to live the law, beating up people because of the law. But thou." Says, but what sayest thou? He said, well, the law tells us this. The commandment says, but what do you say, Jesus? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him according to the law. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. Someone say rude, huh? Huh? But. You know, here they come. They don't care about her. He know they're trying to trick him. So he just starts writing on the ground. I've heard it said, it, amen, that he began to write the Ten Commandments down. I mean, you know, he might have wrote their names down. You know, but whatever the case is, he began to write. You know, and then he rose up again and he he challenged them. Amen. And he said this in the seventh verse, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at. In other words, he challenged them, and then he just went back, stooped right back down and went to writing. And the Scripture lets us know that their own conscience, they were convicted by their own conscience in verse number 9. Amen. Why? So whatever he wrote, they could read, they could see, amen. So, so I, I don't know if he was the commandments, I don't know if it was his name, their names, amen. I don't know what it was, he was writing for sure, but whatever he was writing, amen, it convicted them and the scripture said they begin to leave they begin to depart him and they walked away beginning with the oldest and I can often imagine the oldest probably had more junk on him you know he had a messed up so beginning with the oldest to the, to the youngest they begin to leave but notice what Jesus did not say to her we going to going." huh look at verse number 10 and when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none of the woman none but the woman He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Notice he didn't say, I don't accuse you either. He didn't even bother with that because he's not an accuser of the brother. But he did ask her, Where are your accusers? Where are your accusers? You know, didn't they couldn't they condemn you? But no, they couldn't condemn her because they had to look at themselves. Whatever he wrote on the ground, it made them look at themselves. So they had to ease on out of there before they found themselves being condemned by whatever he was writing. Amen. The condemnation, the guilt came on them. But he noticed. He said he did not tell her, Amen, anything. But neither do I condemn thee. If anyone had the right to condemn her, he did. But he said, neither do I condemn thee." But he showed her grace. He said, go and sin no more. Now, now, as I was looking at this, and at the, the, the man, and there's several other places that we could go, I don't see anywhere where Jesus told her or him to repent. That kind of baffled me for a minute. Because I know the Bible says repent and be baptized, you know, and, and, and you know we, we need to repent. But then I begin to look up the word, repent. and I begin to meditate on the word. Why did He tell this woman to repent? His grace overrode all that. When you understand the grace of God, repentance is not an issue because grace will change your mind. Because when you really begin to look at the word repent, it really, you know, we, we have given the word repent such a negative connotation, connotation that any time we think about repentance, it's just coming out of sin. Repent from your wrong. But if that's the case, how could the Lord repent? And there's a whole lot of places in the Old Testament you read where the Lord repented. When he was ready to destroy the people, he said the Lord repented. When he was upset with them in another place, he said it repented him, you know, in other words, when I looked it up in the in the original language, it said it was he regretted me. He didn't sin. But so re- to repent really means to change your mind. But I think the, the demonstration of his grace in this man's life, the demonstration of his grace in this woman's life was enough to make them change their minds when we really begin to see the grace of God and the goodness of God, you can't help but change. It's like you, you I mean, let's, let's go back to your boss who paid you a thousand hours. You might not have liked him up to that time. You might have thought he was a taskmaster up to that time. You might have thought he was cheap up to that time, requiring of you more than you wanted to do. But when he showed you that check, Representing grace. What happened? Did he have to tell you to change your mind about me? No, you changed your mind right there. I like this guy. He's fair. He's good. I work for him. But, you know, it, 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 all of a sudden, it changed your thoughts. It changed your view. It changed you. So when you really understand grace, it changes you. No one has to tell you to repent. No one has to tell you to change your mind. No one has to tell you to stop sinning. Because grace changes you. Grace brings you out of places, amen, that, that a wagging finger can It brings you out of places and does things in you, amen, that accusations won't. Come on, y'all when we really begin to understand the, the, the magnitude of God's grace, we won't be running around saying, grace is a license to sin. The only way you do that is when you don't understand grace. Come on now. I like this man. I like how Jesus operates. How about you? Uh, he said, I don't condemn you, amen. He said, no one had a right. Neither do I. And then I noticed something else. That in both accounts that we looked at, he told them both the same thing. Sin no more. So I looked at that also. I said, go and sin no more. And then he told the man, sin no more. Huh? Let the worst thing come on you. He didn't say, I was going to put something on you. Huh? He didn't say, if you do, I'm going to get you. Uh, So so I begin to look at that also, and it began to become clear that what he's telling them is your condition is connected to sin. And when we choose to enter into sin, we choose to enter into conditions that we ought to... See, that's what opens the doors to some of the things that, that the enemy can have his way in our lives amen, is because sin. if I'm not in sin, amen, he can't. He don't have no hold on me. He don't have no door to come in, amen, he don't have a to toehold, amen, to tug me back and forth. He can't bring guilt and shame upon me if I ain't doing nothing. Oh, see, y'all know what I mean. Let me, let, let me help y'all practically again here. You know, when the speed of is 55 miles an hour and you doing 54, and you see the patrolman coming up behind you, Huh? You, you, do you get worried? Why cuz you know I'm, I'm not doing the wrong. I'm good. Huh? But when you when you in the 55 mile an hour zone and you're doing huh? you doing 75? Huh? He's just gone on he said I had to go on and pull over. You know. But why? Because you know now you 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 given him a reason to punish you. You've given him a reason to write you a citation. You've given him a reason to pull you over and detain you. Huh? Hello. And see, too many of God's people are being detained by the enemy. And we wonder where God is. He's below 55. See, when you hear 56 and above, you just slipped out from under the covering. Because you chose. He didn't make you. And he's not the one that's going to get you. I want us to get that. He's not the one that's going to get you. Because there's there's an adversary who is the prince of the power of the air. And when we step out from under God's grace, we expose ourselves into his domain. And he has his way with us. That's not God. That's not God was telling you, I got, by my grace, I can, I can get you over here. By my grace, I can cover you. Amen. By my grace, uh, I will help you. And I will empower you. And I will keep you. You know, it's amazing to me sometimes, you know, I'm thinking about this, this thing. I had someone shoot by me the other day. You know, they were gone, passing everybody. But I got up to the red light. And they sit right there. Risking life, limb, the endangering other people, and then get no further than me doing it the right way. Huh? Come on now. Come on, see see so sometimes we, we try to hook and crook and you know, you might not make it to the light. Sometimes God puts things in our way, this to slow us down a little bit. Hello. It's, it's amazing because when I, 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 we went down, you know, on Tuesday afternoon, you know, because they took mom in the ambulance and on Tuesday, so I, I had to take out the black run to the house and we had to was up there. we going down there hoping to catch up with them on the ferry, right? So I'm going down the road, and as soon as we drop off my grandson at the hospital and we get to the light at Coopville, they head to the ferry, and there's this Subaru right in front of me. A little Subaru wagon, out back. And I know people who drive outbacks ain't in no hurry. I'm stuck behind this outback doing anywhere from 5 to 10 miles under the speed limit. You know, all the way to Freeland. And I'm telling them, why? Every Every time they come to a place I can legally pass, this traffic. So I'm stuck behind him, you know. Now get this though. He turns into Freeland. I said, okay, I can finally try to steal I'll leave the light, maybe go a mile, catch up with another Outback. <laughs> Not a different kind of car. And I told him, I said, well, he
1: does
0: And I, I told him, I said, I guess God's just telling me to take my time. And, I, and all the way to the ferry. Now, this one took me all the way to the ferry doing exactly the same thing as the other one. Even, even the other black woman was getting annoyed. He wasn't driving. <laughs> I'll tell you. And, and now, now, see, that's not the thing. But even we came back on Wednesday evening. Okay, I have to stay on We came back on Wednesday evening. Tuesday morning we get up to go back. Th- Thursday morning, thank you. I always get Tuesday and Thursday. To go back and guess what? Another third outback. I say most people down on the south there must love outbacks. You know, i am I, I was saying? God has a way, amen, to slow us down. Amen. And I you know, and oftentimes, you know, I've been in situations where when I slowed down when I got further down the road there was an accident. There was a situation. So even that I recognize that okay, God by your grace, you whatever you're doing, I'm not I'm gonna wait on you. Amen. Recognize that he has a way of getting in our way sometimes. Amen. When we try to get in a hurry, not just naturally, but spiritually. He can slow us down. Amen. And recognize that it's because he loves us. It's because he's trying to work something out in you. Amen. And see, sometimes we want to get in a hurry. Amen. And we got down the road and messed up. Now, I realize, amen, but he said, go and sin no more. Mm. Now, now, I'm telling you. And I I just got to go back to the story with the boss. He gave you that check, amen, even though you was late. He said, don't be late no more. I think we make every effort to be on time. Amen. Because we realize it's his grace. Rather than fire me, he paid me for a thousand hours. I mean, that, that, to me, that's just like, wow. That's how God operates. That's the things that he does in our life. And it's all because of his grace. And notice, one thing about the man, he immediately, after He Jesus found him and told him who he was and told him not to sin no more, what did the man do? He immediately became a witness. Uh, he immediately became a witness for Christ. And he went and told him it was Jesus that he was. Uh, I'm not afraid to tell you, healed me. I'm healed. You can't take that away from me. I'm saved. You can't take that away from me. I'm set free. You can't take. I'm delivered. You can't take that away from me. He said, "We got to be ready to proclaim His goodness." And and we know, Amen, that the woman with the issue, Amen, became a witness. We read more about her later on in Scripture how she came. Why? Because it changed her life. He didn't have to tell her repent. Changed her life. Amen. And we understand this grace, it will change our life. Amen. It will bring us out of places. Amen. That, like I said, the law can never bring us It will only drive us further into. Go with me to John the third chapter. Hmm. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't come to condemn us. Amen. But he came, amen, to be our way out. Amen. So why is it that we spend so much time trying to condemn one another? I just got to ask that question. You know? He ain't no good. She ain't no good. He ain't never going to change. Hello? But look what it says in John 3, 17. We know 16 by heart. But 17 says what? For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He came to be our way out. I mean, he came to, to rescue us, amen, when nothing else could. No problem is too big, amen, that he can't bring us out of. That's why I say we cannot mix law with grace. We just can't do it. The Apostle Paul said it like this, amen, when he when he was dealing. Go to Galatians 2 and 21. He had to say about, you know, the, the law, <clears throat> rules, regulations, all these things. I like what he said. Galatians 2.21 said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If I could do it by keeping rules, uh, if my, my salvation was dependent on how good I was and, and all that, then he died in vain. I could just keep enough rules and he would never die. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. Amen. We gotta receive. Him. Amen. The only way we get his grace is to receive it. Uh, if, if we can just think about that for a minute. He's not gonna force it on us. You know, that's that's not how he operates. You gotta receive. Him. Receive the grace of him. Operate in the grace of God. Live according to that grace. Learn to walk, amen, in the spirit. And, and be able to operate like God wants us to operate. You know, we don't want his death to be in vain. But He died, amen, to lead us into his righteousness and freedom. Freedom. Imagine that. Freedom. That's actually free. Huh? You know, we always say freedom ain't free. But this freedom, you couldn't buy it. Uh, He already paid the price. All we got to do is receive it and walk according to it and believe that He cares enough for us, amen, to continue, to continue to be our deliverer. To continue to operate, allow us to operate. Go with me to Romans, the eighth chapter. Uh, when we get in Christ, how many of y'all in Christ? Huh? you in Christ? Amen. When we get in Christ, what does it say? There is, therefore, when? Now, y'all missed an important word. Now. Everybody say now. Right now. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law, and look what it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit cancels the law of death. If we just understand. So it made me free from the law of sin. Amen. Yeah, what, what? What? The wages of sin is what? That's according to the law. Amen. But the spirit of life, amen, has set me free from that. So he said, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Wow. In other words, ain't going to work. That the righteousness of the law, now I like the fourth verse, and as I read that out, I, I had to step back and say, wow, look what that really says. He said that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled, where? In us. Wait a minute. How can I fulfill the righteousness of the law? He said he didn't say that the righteousness was fulfilled in Christ. You know, he said Christ came to fulfill the law, but he just said that that, that righteousness will be filled in us. Huh? That means that His righteousness, His grace empowers me to fulfill all righteousness. Not my righteousness, not my ability, but when I walk according to God's grace, when I walk according to God's Spirit, when I'm obedient to His will, I'm able to fulfill all righteousness because it's Christ operating in me. And it says, amen, that it might be fulfilled in us, in you and in me. We can do this thing. Tell somebody, I can do this thing. In Christ, I can do this thing. In other words, we have graced to do it. We are empowered to do it. He said, who walked not after the flesh, but after the spirit. He took on our sins, amen, so that we could become the righteousness of God. Wow. That means, amen, when I was all out there messing up and everything else, Christ died, amen, so I didn't have it. Huh? So he died, so I didn't have it. He took on all that sin. Now, 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 now think about this. When we think about Christ, amen, who, who knew no sin, the Scripture said, was nailed to the cross and as he hung there the, the scripture tells us that the sun didn't shine for the space of three hours darkness but, 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 but how how does a, a, a sinless sacrifice take on all the sins of the world how could he do that how is that possible I mean he's dying bleeding, he's suffering, he is in pain just physically from the torment that he went through. So on top of all of that, how does he take on your sins? Future? Mine? All the sins of the past up until that. How does he do that? There's only one way he could. He received my Lord. And just like he chose to receive our sin upon himself. No one could force it on him. He chose to receive that. He said, for this hour am I coming to the world. And just as he chose to receive our sin, we also must choose to receive his grace. It's an exchange. I receive your sin. Will you receive my grace? Notice there's no law involved in the exchange. But if you allow man, us to get involved in it, we say, well, you got to do this, 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 this. But there's no law in the exchange. And when we really understand what it is that he's done for us, we won't hesitate to receive his grace and to walk in his grace, understanding that, you know what, I don't want to do nothing to disappoint my Lord. I don't want to do nothing. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm just saying this for me. I don't want to do nothing to disappoint my Savior. Because I know there's a lot of things I can do to mess me up. Huh? But I don't want to do anything to disappoint my Savior, amen, because I know, amen, that I can get me in stuff that I can't get me out of. But He's already got me out of it. So why would I get back in it? Why would I want to, as Paul said, why would I want to frustrate the grace? About that. It's not money, not fame, not notoriety. He is the only way out of our condition. And it's all done by grace. We can't merit. We can't earn it. But we can receive. It. And you know what? He doesn't just give us a part of it. <laughs> He don't operate like that, you know. I mean, he he gives us the full measure, and it's up to us whether we're gonna to choose to receive it or not. Second Corinthians five twenty one. He says, "For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him." He didn't know no sin, so he so he swapped places with us. How many want to swap places with someone on death row? Come on, think about it. You you, you ain't never done nothing wrong in your life. You ain't never cussed, drink, smoked, lied. And there's a stranger on death row. How many of us would be ready to change places? Oh, they're going to die. It's already the sentence is already set. They gonna die. That's what he did for us. The sentence was already set. And he said, Hold up. I'll get on the call support. While we were still carousing. Huh? Come on, somebody. While we were still doing everything we want, he said, I'll pay it in advance. Even though some of them might even not accept me. Even though some of them may may not receive the gift that I'm laying up in store for them. I'll still get on the cross. Just in case they might one day choose
1: to receive. Hallelujah. Just in case.
0: That's like you said, I'll go to death row just in case one day he might decide to say. Now that person you 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 delivered off death row may never even ask your name. He might go right back out and keep on killing and stealing and doing everything he wants. to. Do. But here you say, I'm going to go to death row for him just in case. One day. Might be years down the road. It might be on his deathbed. But just in case he stops and says, tell his fellow. I don't know if y'all. <laughs> I don't know if y'all feeling like I do, but see, when I when I think about God's grace, His deliverance, how could I do anything? How could I put me and my will and my wants and my desires ahead of the sacrifice that He made for me? That sacrificial love that came to deliver. Hmm. And look at this. Even after we come to him, he know we still got issues. Come on. Just look at somebody and say, he know we got issues. Come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's there, it's there, it's there. But look at First John 2, verse number 1. Verse John 2 and 1. He said, my little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. He said, I'm trying to get you not to sin. Huh? He said, and if, say if, say it again. Notice it didn't say when. The when connotes a plan. Okay. Hello. I don't want to hang out there too long. But he said, what? And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteousness. In other words, if we do mess up, you know, the old nature, something pops up that we didn't deal with, you know, and, and, and that, you know how many times you, 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 I was good, but they got on my nerve and I, I said a cuss word or I smacked them, and I didn't even know that was in me. I thought I got over that. You know, if you do something crazy because the flesh overwhelms you, he said, I'm still not going to throw you away. I'm still not going to cut you off. But he said, you have an advocate. What's an advocate? It's a lawyer. It's someone that pleads your case. But guess what? The trial is already finished. Jesus ain't going to come back and get on the cross. The trial's already, he's already advocated for you. All you got to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, goodness. Because it says, the second verse says this, and he is the propitiation, in other words, the advocate. In other words, he, he is the, the payment for our sin. He's already handled it. Oh, I know there's a lot more passages that I can go through, but I, I don't want to, you know, just realize this. And look what it says, and not for yours only, but also for the sin of the whole world. Oh, ah, my goodness. He has got his grace all around us. Righteousness, forgiveness, available to us. And yet, this is the key. We've got to take ownership of where we are. Amen. we got to take ownership of where we are. Accept where we are and make the changes we need to make in our relationship with him so that we can walk into the liberty that he wants us to walk in. Hallelujah. Change how we see things, change how we embrace things. Look, you know, as the apostle Paul was instructing Timothy, amen, of how to approach those that were wayward. Look what he look what he said. Let's go to Timothy. We're almost done. Second Timothy, second chapter. See, it's up to each one of us to take that ownership. Lord, I know where I'm at. I need the, I need the, I need your grace. Bring me out. Help, strengthen, build me up. But in Second Timothy two, twenty-four through twenty-six, he instructed Paul, Timothy, this way. He said, And the servant of the Lord must not strive. In other words, you've got to struggle with folks. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. Just teach them. Be patient with them. In meekness, instructing those who oppose. What's that saying? You see what he's saying? Instructing those who oppose themselves. In other words, who are messing themselves up. Those who are going against themselves. He said, instruct them, if pre I mean, if God pre or by chance, will give them repentance, in other words, a change mind, to do the acknowledging of the truth. Huh? And that they may recover, what? Themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So in other words, he's putting the ownership, he's putting the onus on each one of us. That when we see the truth, you gotta you gotta come to yourself. You gotta acknowledge where you are. You gotta stop opposing yourself. And God, amen, by chance, and we know that he will, because the word lets us know that he will, amen. He'll give us that, you know, he said, if 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 you be otherwise minded, he'll reveal even this to you. Is what the scripture said. So so he he helps us to understand, amen, that, that we have got to recover ourselves out of the snare of the enemy. How do we do that? By the grace of God. By accepting his grace, by walking into his grace, we can deliver ourselves out of the, you know, Lord, help me. No, you help yourself. Lord, deliver me. He said, no, you got to deliver yourself. I have made the grace available. I have died for you. I have given you an example. I have given you everything you need. The lifeline is dangling in your face. And you said, help me, help me, help me. No! Deliver yourself with what I've made available. My overwhelming, amazing grace. Huh? Stop letting the enemy snare you. Amen, and step on out of it. See, see and, and, and you know, I like the way Apostle Paul put it because he said, you know what, it don't even look hard. Yeah, but you don't know, Pastor David. No, oh, I know the grace of God. I've experienced the grace of God. I know it can bring you out when it don't look like anything else is going to bring you out. Uh, I know it can deliver you, amen, when you, you're ready to throw yourself away. Uh, The grace is just that amazing. It's it's bigger, amen, than anything we can begin to imagine if we would just grab hold of the grace of God. Mm. (laughs) My goodness. Hallelujah. Do not frustrate His grace. Don't, 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 don't. Don't ignore His grace. Mm. Because if 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 we don't receive His grace, then what are we willing to receive? We're not going to walk according to his grace. What are we going to walk according to? He's done all this, and it's like we just put our foot on his neck. See, and that, that's 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 not to be you know condemning of anybody because he came that you know men everywhere would change their mind. As so the scripture say, repent. He's not willing that any should perish. He demonstrated that by going to the cross. Amen. He, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where Jesus beat up people. Huh? Oh, yeah, well, he turned over the tables. Okay, they were defiling the house. I mean, that was that one. But when it came to dealing with individuals, think about when we looked at the lady that was, had the issue of blood. They weren't concerned about her. Jesus was. They were concerned about the law. He was concerned about her son. Huh? Look at the man. They were concerned about the law. How many places we go? They're just concerned about the law. He was concerned about his son. Pick up your bed and walk. Don't, don't allow yourself to be snared again. That's what he's telling you. Don't allow yourself to be snared again. We have power to tread upon serpents. Huh? Now, those are scriptures tell me hey, we got power to tread upon serpents. Amen. We have the authority to overcome whatever the enemy tries to bring against us or we can allow ourselves to be ensnared by the answer. See, I refuse to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I refuse to do it. But we have the authority by the grace of God to say, get thee behind me. Satan, with all your devices, I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Get your hands off of me. Huh? See, that that good. That beat that be MC Hammer Talking about you can't touch this. Huh? I'm a child of God. You can't come in. Uh, unless I let down my grace and let down the God, the, the, the grace that God has over my life, to bring me out, to set me free, to empower me to do what I need to do, to bring glory to his name.
1: Huh? Woo.
0: He's done all this for us. Let's stay. Get ready to wrap up. It's all by His grace, His love, His forgiveness, His sacrifice. And all we have to do, this just blows our mind, it just seems too easy, is to receive it and choose to walk in it. when the adversary comes, when the pressure comes, call on the grace. Lord, I need some grace. Lord, I need to. grace. Some... I, I remember, you know, as a as young Christian coming on up through the years for years, Pressure came when things came against me. When I felt like you know I about to lose, I always had a phrase: my, my wife and kids would tell you, I was saying, to me, "Look, Jesus, keep me near the cross." Huh? But I understand now that what I was really calling on was the grace. Lord, I need your grace right now I'm about to blow up. I need your grace. And, and guess what? Just by doing that, it helped me to overcome so many situations. It helped me to walk in the peace and the patience of God. Just by injecting him, even in that small way, became huge. Hallelujah. So we just understand what he has made available to us, that we can walk in it, we can experience it, we can be blessed by it and because of it. How many of us quit that job and will pay you a thousand hours for forty hours? That's just a symbol compared to what God can do to you. That comparison would be a symbol of water in the ocean compared to what he makes available to us. That's how good our God
1: is. Hallelujah.